Blog Talk Radio.
I am, Jehovah, the mighty God. Good afternoon, and welcome to Miracle Outreach Ministries on Sunday. I'm Pastor Sabrina, and we're all so happy that you could be here with us today. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Amen? Amen. Amen. We've never seen this day before, and we've been blessed to arrive. Amen? So no matter your state of wakeness or sleepiness, shake yourself. God is here. We're here. You're still here, and we've got things to do in Christ. Amen? Amen. You know, at the beginning of all of our services on Sunday, we celebrate Holy Communion with the Lord. Amen? We celebrate the body and blood of Jesus Christ and his redemptive power at work in us. Amen? Amen? We celebrate his victory on the cross and at the empty tomb. Amen? Amen. And we're celebrating his ongoing victories living through us. Amen? Amen? Okay, I hope you all get more enthusiastic as we go. Praise God. Yes, everybody's a little, because we've been going and going and going. Okay, well, slow down just a moment and make room for Jesus, okay? Amen. Amen. Slow down just a moment and make room for Jesus. Mm, 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 mm. Slow down a moment and make room for Jesus. Mm, 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 mm. He wants to. Time with you. So slow down a moment and spend some time with Jesus. Amen? Amen. And did I know that song for a second ago? No. There you go. Amen. So, I was looking at this scripture and I was thinking. And so I'm going to read it to you, and you can think, too. It's located in Genesis chapter 14, beginning with verse 18. Genesis chapter 14, beginning with 18. And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine, and he was the priest, of the Most High God, and he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth. That says a lot. That says a lot. Melchizedek was the king of peace and still is. And he brought forth bread and wine, W-I-N-E. God made that product. I know people bottle it, 
sell it, make big money off of it, but God made that product. Amen? It's a God original. And he was the priest of the Most High God. That's that's a place. That's a position of honor to be the priest of the Most High God. God has made us to be a kingdom of priests unto him. But we don't think of it that way, do we? We should. It's the truth of the word of God. We should think of it that way. We should change the way we think. And he blessed him and said, and when he blessed him, he released a verbal blessing with strength, power, and anointing. Blessed be Abram. He wasn't even Abraham yet. He was still Abram. Blessed be Abram of the Most High God. Okay, consider your name being there. Read it that way. Possessor of heaven and earth. So what does that tell us about God? He possesses heaven and earth. There's nothing going to happen down here that he doesn't have control over. I've explained before that he has the ability, the power, and the right to subdue all things unto himself. Yet he has given us a free will. And it is with our free will that we decide how we're going to respond to him. Pastor can stand here and preach to you what you ought to do. But it's up to you to use your free will to accomplish it. See, the man in the Gadarene found his free will. Up until that time, the demons were taking full advantage of him. But when Jesus showed up, he found his free will again. And he used it. He used it to do something. He used it to make a beeline to Jesus. The demons that were controlling him before, thrashing him all around the graveyard, couldn't stop him. The demons admitted that there were many of them in him, but they couldn't stop him. No matter how possessed he was, they couldn't stop him. He found his free will. And each of us has a free will too, granted and given by God. 
And we have the power to choose what we will do with it. You say, well, I thought the man in the Gadarene's testimony started after Jesus set him free. Nope. Go back and reread that. It started when he discovered his free will. When he discovered he could use it to do what he really wanted to do. Many of us have used our free will in a noble way, but not always. So today, I want to encourage you to reconsider the power of your own free will. You have more power than you think you have. You see, there are many people that will explain to you how powerful the devil's attack against them is. But you see, they have a power too. It's the power of their own free will. And the man in the Gadarene decided that he would use the power of his will contrary to what the demons wanted. Yes, he did. You see, Abram decided to use his free will. He went out and won a war. And he came back, and he met with Melchizedek, the king of Salem, who found him to be in need of something. What could he have needed? Well, he brought it. He brought forth bread and wine, W-I-N. For those of you that get squeamish, I want you to consider that God is the creator of the fermentation process. He made it. It's his idea. We are to use our free will judiciously after thought and consideration. You see, Noah didn't use as much thought and consideration. But God brought forth bread and wine. God could have chosen anything he wanted, but he was specific. You see, he, Jesus, is the bread of life. And the wine is a representation, a pictorial, of the blood. He tells us that the life is in the blood. He brought forth to Abram life. And when we partake of Holy Communion, we partake of the life of God. So everybody that has death working in their body or in their soul can be set free. You see, it's the life of God that's going to resurrect us when the Holy Spirit takes us out of here. 
that. You see, the Bible isn't disjunct. One chapter, one verse here, one chapter, one verse there. No, it's all one breath. Am I getting too heavy for you on Sunday morning? It's all one breath. God offers us his life. Okay, let me help you. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. He offers us his life. Today, with this understanding, we're going to approach Holy Communion with a new breath of life. We just finished singing and asking the Holy Spirit to come fill us. Somewhere in the song, it asked him to bring his life to us. Because we need him. We need his life. We need the life of God coursing through us. If you've never thought about it, perhaps you should. Amen? Perhaps you should. I know you said, well, it's time to repent of my sin now. Yes, it is. But it's also time to receive his life. We are going to repent of our sins. That's part of the love relationship that we have with our God. He receives our repentance when we are truly repenting. We're saying we want to leave the path of error and corruption and sin. We want to remove ourselves from it. And we want to be joined on the path of righteousness with him. So, as we approach Holy Communion today, let's give it a new look. Let's receive the life of God that he is offering to us. Amen? So, I'm going to give you a couple of minutes to talk with the Lord. And then we'll begin. The cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the communion? Of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? For we being many are one bread and one body, for we are all partakers of that one bread. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, 
that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, thank you, Lord, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Partake of the bread. Thank you. After the same manner also, he took the cup. When he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as often as ye drink it in remembrance of me. Thank you, Lord. Partake of the cup. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for not only dying and suffering for us. Thank you for becoming sin for us. Every infraction, every trespass, every iniquity, every sin, thank you for taking it for us. Every heartbreak, every pain, every disappointment, every grief, every anxiety, every sorrow, thank you for taking it for us. Every betrayal, every lie, every deception, every falsehood, thank you for taking it for us. Every blindness, every stupidity, every false way in error, thank you for taking it for us. All of our corruption, mm, all of our corruption, all of our destruction and devastation, thank you for taking it for us. And thank you for giving us in its place your own life, the life of God that you are. Thank you for rising from the dead. Thank you for saying it is finished. Thank you for showing us that there is life after death, and that life is found in you. We receive your love and your life given to us freely, Lord, today. And help us to demonstrate our true appreciation 
for your sacrifice for us. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor as we celebrate you with the bread and the wine. Amen. 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 That felt good. That felt good. Amen. That felt good. Now, some of you, you don't believe you should feel good in Christ without a goosebump, but I've got news for you. There's better than goosebumps. Amen. Not that I'm putting down goosebumps. They're nice, too. But there's better than goosebumps. Heavenly Father, thank you for the ministry of your angels in our lives. It gives us great comfort to realize that you have given them charge over us in order to keep us at all times. We need to be kept at all times, Lord. Only you know, Lord, how wayward we can become without proper supervision. So we want to thank you for some very present supervision. Thank you, Father, for their watch over us. We praise you for your provision of angels for us. Thank you, Father, for sending your ministering spirits to minister to all believers. We believe and receive their ministry in our lives. Okay, you all supposed to say amen right there? Father, give us a greater appreciation and understanding of the work of your angels in our lives. We prefer not to offend them. Boy, that one was nice and loud. We realize that there are numerous angels more than thousands, more than millions, more than billions, more than trillions. You weren't bored the day you made them. You were enjoying yourself. Amen? Amen. We thank you, Lord, that you are in their midst. Father, we thank you that you allow your angels to minister to us in so many ways. Yes, Lord, they bless us, even in the unseen realm. It gives us great comfort and a wonderful sense of security to realize that your angels are encamped around us and to know that they are always ready to deliver us. In the same ways that you sent the angel to shut the lion's mouth, in order to protect Daniel. Father, we request, will you know, Lord, now I'm thinking that when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were thrown into the fiery furnace, you went yourself. You showed up in person yourself. Thank you, Lord. We praise you. 
you showed up yourself. With Daniel, you just sent an angel. But with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you showed up in person. Amen. We know you love us, Lord. Thank you for your love. Father, we request that you continue to allow your angels to watch over and protect us all. Thank you, Father, for the power of Jesus Christ in our lives. Yes, he is the brightness of your glory and the express image of your person. And he upholds all things by the word of his power. Thank you for the fact that he has purged us of all of our sins and now sits at your right hand. The inheritance which he has received open to him the obtaining of a more excellent name than the name of angels. We join with the angels in heaven, Lord God, in honoring Jesus Christ, because we know that through him you have made angels, your angels, a dependable source of your power, available to help us when we are in need. Thank you, Father, for your provision of love. Amen? You see, sometimes, saints, we're in this little situation, and we know we wouldn't have made it out as well as we did without God's angels being in participation. But there are many, many, many other situations that we never saw coming, we didn't know was anywhere near us, we weren't even aware that anything was going on. But God's angels watched over us and protected us and kept us from harm. We need to thank God for the blessings that come that we have not seen. We have a tendency, being human, to get caught up just thanking God for what we can perceive with our senses. But there is far more going on than just what we perceive with our senses. God is at work continually protecting us from hurt, harm, and danger of the unseen kind. And sometimes we need to think about that. And we need to thank the Lord because he has delivered us from danger seen and unseen. There have been times when I know that Satan's aim was to kill me. I didn't need a billboard. I knew it and I felt it. But God, who is rich in his mercy, saw to it that I came out of it. You see, I'm thinking now of a time when I was driving to Tampa, and I wasn't doing anything abnormal. I was singing Christian songs, driving down the highway in the speed limit. I was doing what people are supposed to do. 
I noticed ahead of me there was this vehicle. And it cut off another vehicle that was in front of me. And so because I'm just busy praising and thanking the Lord, my eyes are still open and I see this happening. And the Jeep that was directly in front of me went off into the media. I began to pray for them. But I was still driving down the other part of the highway. But before I was aware of it, they came flying out of the median faster than they were going before, and they hit the driver's side of my car where I was sitting. That's called a direct hit, okay? To the point that it spun my car around so that I was directly facing ongoing traffic. Now my headlights were facing somebody else's headlights going over 70 miles an hour, and my car wasn't moving. How my car got out of the interstate and off to the side of the road without being hit, I'm not certain. But I do know that in a couple of minutes, a lady pulled over her car with her daughters in it, and asked me, was I okay? And with my whatever state I was in, I told her I was fine. <laughs> now, common sense said I should have gone on to the hospital. No, that's not what I did. I waited for a little while for the highway patrolman to show up, And I'm not sure if he did or not. Now, looking back, I can't remember if he ever came. But I do know I could still drive my car. And I remember deciding to continue on to the church service that I was headed to. And I did just that. I was late, but I got to church. No, I did not go to the hospital. I went to church. I went to the company of the saints of the Lord. I went to where the presence of the Lord was because I figured whatever was wrong, once I showed up, he would fix it. See, the devil didn't want me to continue, and he surely didn't want me here today. But every time the devil has taken a hit at me, God has rescued me. The first time I remember him doing that was the day they executed Ted Bundy. He took a hit at me that day, too. A direct hit. The car came out of the median. I was stopped at a red light. And the car came out of the median on the left side. And where did it hit? Not the back of my car, right where I was sitting. I'm like, okay, I got your point. That time they had to use the, what do they call them? Yeah, jaws of life. At least it's not the jaws of death to get me out of the car. And they took me to the hospital that time. I didn't have a choice. 
<laughs> I didn't have any say in the matter. So, saying you don't understand how much work your angels do. That's what I'm trying to say. Amen. You really don't grasp how much work they do to keep you alive. You're walking around with God living inside you and able to share that intelligently with others who need to hear it. He's not in favor of that, and he'll do whatever he can to stop you if you let him. So when you get up or when you lay down, thank God for their work in your life. If they had not worked in my life, I would not be here, and I know that. And probably neither would you. So we need to be more mindful of the truth that we live, and we need to be more willing to share it with others. Amen? Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, amen. <laughs> Amen. Well, Lord. <laughs> good morning. Good morning, everybody in the chat room. Good morning or good afternoon, whichever you want it to be. Amen. I'm so happy to see you all. Amen. Amen. God is great. And he's on time, ain't he? Yeah, he is an on-time God. Even when you think he is slower than molasses, he's still an on-time God. He may not come when you want him, but he'll be there right on time. Amen. He's an on-time God. Yes, he is. Now, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Today, we're going to talk about a better way. A better way. You know, what you're doing might not be bad. It might be pretty good. But there's a better way. How do you, how do we put it? There's always room for improvement. All right, we're going to move in the improvement department today. Say, we must learn. To forever regard our God and his glory and all that we do in all that we say and in all that we undertake. Saints, those called to be saints, we must learn to forever regard our God and his glory in all that we do, in all that we say, 
and in all that we undertake. This is the accomplishment that we should set before ourselves. We are to offer to God a sacrifice of perfect worship in this life. A sacrifice of perfect worship in this life, just as we hope to do throughout all eternity. You see, you can't be here and barely worship and think when you get to heaven, you're on par. No, you have to start here, grow here, expand here, and continue on there. Your praise and worship starts down here. But you've got to learn here, grow here, expand here, overcome here, and continue on there. So if you aren't doing any praising and worshiping here, it's time to get started. Amen? Amen. Amen. Psalm 115, verse 1. Psalm 115, verse 1. Psalm 115, verse 1. I like this verse. I like it. I like it a lot. Psalm 115, verse 1. Not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but unto thy name give glory. For thy mercy and for thy truth's sake. Not to us, O Lord, not to us, but unto thy name give glory. For thy mercy and for thy truth's sake. Really? Yes. Well, what do you mean? Well, let's go to the Gospel of John. Chapter 1, verse 14. The Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 14. The Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 14. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth, full of grace and truth, full of grace, full of truth. We're supposed to be that way, too. We're supposed to be that way too, say. I know we think, oh, that's just for Jesus. No, we're in Christ now. That's for us too. Revelation chapter 1, verse 8. Revelation 
chapter 1, verse 8. Revelation, chapter 1, verse 8. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending. Not the beginning or the ending. No, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. At some point, we must come to realize who he really is. In his greatness, in his majesty, in his power, in his kingship, in his lordship, as creator, and more. You know, we have a tendency as humans to try to make him just our Jesus, ourselves. You know, he's my Jesus, and that's it. Well, he's far more. He's greater than. He's above all. We have to come to view him as he is. Yes, we see through a glass dimly now, but then we will see him face to face. Then we'll see him face to face. Have you thought about that? Have you thought about it that one day the clouds and the sky is going to roll back? You know? Roll back. What do you mean? Not like Walmart. No. (laughs) Roll back like you're rolling a cinnamon roll. Only you've got one roll on one side and one roll on the other, and it's rolling back. And when it's out of the way, what will be revealed is who he really is. That that keeps us from seeing him as he is will be removed and out of the way. It's not going to always be the way it is right this moment. There's going to be an unclouded day. There's going to be a cloudless sky. We're going to actually experience this. You see, we have this tendency to want to put it in the future somewhere. So it stays in our la-la land of in the future. But this is an active reality moving toward us. This is an active, alive truth that's coming toward us. So we need to change our perspective. Amen? Amen. You can't just put this over in your little closet in your mind of, oh, that's going to happen in the future. No, it's coming to us. It's coming toward us. 
but are we ready to meet him? Are we ready to meet him face to face? You you have to ask yourself. Psalm 119, verse 80. Psalm 119, verse 80. Psalm 119, verse 80. Let my heart be sound in thy statute. Let my heart be sound in thy statute. What? That I be not ashamed. Let me really know you, Lord, while I'm here so that when that time comes, you won't be saying to me, depart from me, ye worker of iniquity. I never knew you. We never had any intimacy, true intimacy. I was too preoccupied with myself. Amen? Amen. Yes, when we regard his glory, what we do, what we say, that which we undertake reflects who our God is and his greatness. The issue in this is that many do not know our God. And in that, I'm referring to Christians. Many of us do not know our God. We know about him, but we are not, are not yet at the place where we can say we know him. We know about him. We know what we've read and what we've heard. But that's not the same as knowing him. You know, there are people who would say to me, such and such, Pat Holliday wrote in her book. But you see, I knew Pat Holliday. I didn't learn about her reading her book. I learned about her through my experiences in life with her. That's two different worlds. Because when I read her books, I hear her talking and preaching. I know who's giving voice to what is written. It's different, you see, because I knew her in a level of intimacy that God established. It's not the same as when somebody says, well, I read what Pat Holliday said in the book, and then I smile inside because I remember when she was writing it. In fact, there are places where she was talking to me on the telephone while she was writing what she was writing. Why? Because I had to tell her, you know, you need to go back and take my name out of that because it doesn't fit in that sentence. 
she'd have a sentence going, and evidently I must have interrupted her because she typed my name and kept on typing what she was thinking. I said, you know, um, that was cute, but it doesn't fit right there. <laughs> okay. So it's different when you know about God. And you've heard pastors say things about God. It's another story completely when you know him for yourself. Religious works are perfumes from those who know about him, but have not come to know him. If we will not worship him on earth, in the spirit of truth, what will we do in eternity? How are you going to show up to worship somebody that you really don't know? I'll let you think about that. In the life to come, there is life after this life. What are you going to do? Many of us are still uncomfortable with the idea of sacrifice. Hmm. Why? Because sacrifice does cost us something. Our own selfishness leads us to rebel against what we know to be right. So we yield to our carnality because it's easier and more convenient. Yes, it fits well with our desires, our activities, and our plans. Yes. We see it as involving little trouble or effort. So we shun fastings, watchings, and other spiritual disciplines which uncover our shallow spiritual lives for what they really are. Why? Because we want to think of ourselves as we're really spiritual now, um, let me help us with that thought. That means that where we really are, they just finished putting the fire out in our clothes. You know, we were that close to hell that the smoke and a few of the a few of the flickers was coming our way, and we got moved out of the way just in time. Let's go visit 2 Samuel chapter 24. Amen. 2 Samuel chapter 24. Now, some of us have the courage to admit to ourselves that we actually should have become Christy Critters. I think you know what that means. Because the wages of sin is death. 
We should have been out of here a long time ago. We're so grateful, but we're scared to tell anybody our real testimony. <laughs> Don't worry, God knows. Second Samuel chapter 24, verse 24. You see, it should be every day when we look back and see what the Lord has done for us, everything in us ought to shout hallelujah. Or else you're not telling the truth. I just have to put it that way, okay? Second Samuel chapter 24, verse 24. And the king, speaking of King David, said to Arona, Nay, but I will surely buy it of thee at a price. Neither will I offer burnt offerings unto the Lord my God of that which doth cost me nothing. I will, neither will I offer burnt offerings unto the Lord my God of that which cost me nothing. So David bought the threshing floor and the oxen for 50 shekels of silver. David is sent. The nation was having a serious problem because of his sin. He was coming to God to try to make things right. And so Arona says, oh, I'll give it to you. I'll give you this. I'll give you that. He says, no, I will not offer to God something that I didn't have to sacrifice to give him. Genesis chapter 22. Genesis chapter 22, verse 2. Genesis chapter 22, verse 2. Genesis chapter 22, verse 2. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I tell thee of. Now, if you have a son, and even if you don't, one whom you love, and God tells you to take your son, your only son, the one that you dearly love, and offer him up on a mountain that he's going to show you for a burnt offering, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? See, you can't fake this one out. This is one of these do or die things. What are you going to do? Think about it. It's serious. It was serious to him, and it ought to be serious to you. God requires 
that which you love the most for you to offer it up to him as a burnt offering. Well, burnt offerings don't wiggle on the altar. They're dead. Hmm. Well, I'm happy to announce that he chose to obey God. Somewhere in his relationship with God, he found the strength to obey. In his relationship with God, he found the strength and the courage to obey God. You see, God wanted someone to be in agreement with him. Someone on the earth to agree with what God was going to do. Why? Because this is what God did. He took his only son whom he loved, and he offered him up there as an offering for our sin on Calvary. This is what God was going to do. And God decided he needed somebody to be in agreement with him. He wanted a human to be in agreement with him. Saints, we ought to firmly resolve to overcome our weaknesses with the grace of God assisting us. We ought to bow ourselves down rather than to fail to please God. Yes, as King Solomon prayed, that all the people of the earth may know that the Lord is God and that there is none else. Yes. We must allow our God to assist us with the many difficulties which will meet us in the spiritual life. Psalm 34, verse 19. Psalm 34, verse 19. Psalm 34. Verse 19, many are the afflictions of the righteous. So why are we surprised? We've been informed. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. Unfortunately, sometimes the righteous do things to bring the affliction. But many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. Out of them all. But you have to allow God to do that, you know. Psalm 34, verse 15. Psalm 34, verse 15. Psalm 34, verse 15. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, 
and his ears are open unto their cry. But if you don't cry out, what is he going to listen to? If you march around, well, I I can figure this out myself. I I can figure this out. I know what I did before, and I can just go visit. um, I know my friend over there. I can go talk to him, and he can help me out. And if not him, then he can recommend me to somebody else that he knows to help me out. That's not what the Bible says to do. That is not what the scriptures say to do. It didn't say go rely on the friends of your family. And who owes you or your cousin a favor? It doesn't say do it that way. Now, it's one thing for God to direct you to go visit so-and-so, and in the course of the conversation, God speak to them and tell them something to do for you. That's following the Holy Spirit. But it's not the same thing as you coming up with this bright idea yourself. Well, I'll just. Okay. What you should say, well, I'll just follow the Holy Spirit. That's how you end that sentence. Amen. First Peter, chapter 3, verse 12. First Peter. Chapter 3, verse 12. 1 Peter, chapter 3, verse 12. For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous. So that means God can see everything you do. Remembering this keeps me out of trouble. For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open unto their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. Evil? Mm-hmm, doing it your way. When we enter upon the spiritual life with our God, we ought to consider Thoroughly, what we are. Yes, probing to the very depth. At some point, you have to remember that you really are done. And it's not a bad joke, it's a reality. We shall find that we are altogether deserving of contempt, unworthy of the name of Christ. We would discover that we are prone to all manner of spiritual diseases and ailments. Mm -hmm. We're still learning not to cling to carnality. We are subject to countless spiritual infirmities which distress us and impair our soul's health. But we're learning. We're coming out. Amen? Amen. These weaknesses and deficiencies render us wavering and unstable 
in our mood and our state of mind as well as our disposition. Can you relate? Oh, yes, even all the more evident when it's God's will to chasten, to correct, and to make us humble. He's trying to get us to become more humble. We stubbornly don't want to. He's been working on us at this particular point, whatever it is in your life, for a while. He's been trying to persuade you to get out of that position. No, I don't want to. Well, he's got to go to the next level of correction. Why? Because he's determined that you're going to be like him. And you want to resist. It's called rebellion. Amen. So we have to learn. It's not always pleasant, but we have to learn. We have to learn to walk with the Lord, not buck him. Amen. You don't have to say, oh, me, we're all in the same boat. That's right. When God is trying to chasten us, correct us, and make us actually really humble, not just a bumper sticker on the car, we often fail to respond as we ought in our afflictions and adversity, whether from within or from without. Why? Because sometimes we cop an attitude. Sometimes that's our first response. Our first line of offense is to be offended. And it might take us a little bit to get over that and finally shake ourselves and go, okay, I'm doing this wrong. Let me straighten up a little. Amen. Saints, we must come to believe and know steadfastly, never once doubting that such discipline is for our good. You see, when the discipline comes, we're supposed to receive it in such a way that we're not as prone to do whatever it was we were doing or not doing as we were before. There was an experience called discipline that brought us some strength and some stability, right? Well, at least it's supposed to work that way. That's the idea. Yes, that is God's will, to visit us with chastening. He can't let us walk wobbly. You know, I have seen young mothers with children that needed braces on their legs as they were learning to walk. Why? Because the child's bones were so weak that they're bowed in a way they shouldn't be. But she's so concerned 
that somebody's going to look at her child and think something or say something that she doesn't want to let the doctor put the braces on the kids. So she's just going to sit there in her self-centeredness and let the child maintain a weakness when he could have strength to grow tall and straight. It's pitiful. Well, you see, God loves you too much to let you walk around with both legs. If he has to put braces on you to get you straightened up, he'll do whatever it takes. That's what Calvary says. I'll do whatever it takes for you. We must finally come to accept and to understand that it is the course of his divine providence to permit our souls to pass through all manner of sore experiences and times of trial. You see, some of us would never learn things about God unless we went through certain experiences. We couldn't say, well, I know that he'll do thus and thus and thus to somebody who isn't in faith yet. Why? Because we can testify because he has already done it for us. But we had to go through that time so that he could do for us what we didn't think he could do. Yes, and for the love of God to undergo divers sorrows and afflictions, different sorrows and afflictions, for so long as shall seem needful to him. Until he decides, okay, you come to the place I need you to be in that. Okay, I can stop that now. We can move on to the next thing. You see, I keep telling you, God didn't make cookie-cutter saints. He made humans. And we come in more varieties than the flowers he made. And he works with us corporately and individually. So what? Well, because without this submission of heart and spirit to the will of God, devotion and perfection cannot be maintained. He has to bring us to a place where we have become anchored in him to the place where this devotion that he's called for out of us and this perfection can be maintained. You see, if he doesn't allow us to go through anything, we will not come to this level of submission and heart and spirit to the will of God. That devotion and perfection won't be maintained, not even at a minimal level. 
Let's visit with Job. He can explain it. Job chapter 23. Job chapter 23, beginning with verse 9. Job chapter 23, beginning with verse 9. J-O-B, Job. Job. Get close to Psalms, you're almost there. Job chapter 23, beginning with verse 9. And he tells us quite plainly, on the left hand, where he doth work, but I cannot behold him. He hideth himself on the right hand that I cannot see him. But he knoweth the way that I take. When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. My foot hath held his step. His way have I kept and not declined. God is working, but I can't, I can't detect it. He's hiding himself so that I can't see him. But he knows where I am and what I'm going through. And when he has tried me, I shall come forth as gold. I know this that my feet have held to his step. His way is what I've kept and not declined. Praise the Lord. I want to thank Job for his testimony. You see, he said, when he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold and not before then. Most of us, when it heats up in the trial of life, we're ready to jump out the pot. We don't want to be in this pain. We don't want to be in this fiery furnace. But as I recall, the victory is found in the fire. As Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they, they turned up the fire seven times hotter than it was before. And the people that threw them in died instantaneously. But it was in the fire that the Savior showed up. It was in the fire that the Deliverer made his way. It was in the fire that the one who ordered them to be thrown out got a revelation of who God really is. Some of us don't want God to put us in any kind of fire, much less smoke. But that's not the life of a Christian. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. Paul did not ask to be shipwrecked. He didn't ask to be left for dead. He didn't ask for any of those things that happened to him along the way. 
all the betrayal. He didn't ask for that. But he said, I press the mark. He didn't give up and he didn't quit. I feel like quitting. No, you feel like growing up. Jesus didn't quit on you on the cross. So where do you get the right to quit on him? Amen? Some of us don't want to encounter any difficulty at all. But that is not God's way of perfecting us. Some of us believe that the purpose of faith is to ensure that we have as few problems as possible. But saints, without the trouble, without the trials, without the challenge, where cometh the overcoming? How are you going to stand there in the company of the saints in heaven having not overcome? You'll be out of place. There must be much for us to overcome in order to become more like our Savior. Luke chapter 9, verse 23. Luke chapter 9, verse 23. Luke chapter 9, verse 23. And he said to them all, which means he's talking to us. He said to them all, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. You may as well put your name right there where it says all. And he said to Sabrina, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself, that's the first part, and take up his cross daily and follow me. Not follow your customs, not follow your traditions, Follow me, he said. Amen? Amen. We must allow our souls to be trained to become more dependent on his grace. We must allow our souls to be trained to become more dependent on his grace. Now flip over to the Gospel of John, chapter 15, verse 5. The Gospel of John, chapter 15, verse 5. The Gospel of John, chapter 15, and verse 5. I am the vine. Ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. 
for without me, ye can do nothing. I think we still need to let that sink in some more. Nothing actually means nothing. Faith, we cannot continue in the pride and arrogance of our own power. And in the pride and arrogance of our own ability, of our own gifts. So we think, Lord, I need you, is not designed to make us look inept. Like we're so klutzy we couldn't do a thing right. Rather, it should be an admission of truth and a cry for help. Yes, there are some who do not include their prayer requests into the Global Prayer Warriors prayer room for fear of what others will think. How utterly foolish. Saints, it is time to be truthful and to grow up. Some are too proud to let it be known that they are struggling. Well, you can choke on that kind of prayer. Well, God remains constant. He resists the proud. His grace, however, is available to those who will humble themselves in transparency. There are those among us who will not write pastor at gproom at outlook.com for the same reason and other lame excuses. Oh, pastor is so busy. Well, whether pastor is busy or not, you can't hide behind that anymore. Each soul must realize its desperate need for grace. Yes, that means you. The higher the perfection in Christ that we desire, the more we must depend on his grace. Yes, the grace of God is the more needful for each moment. Yes, saints, for without his grace, we can do nothing. The world, the flesh, and the devil join forces and assault the soul so closely and severely and so untiringly that without a humble reliance on the ever-present aid of our God, we would surely fail, for they drag the soul down in spite of all resistance. I'll say that again. 
the world, the flesh, and the devil join forces and assault the soul so closely and severely and so untiringly that without humble reliance on the ever-present aid of our God, we would surely fail. For they drag the soul down in spite of all resistance. Furthermore, you need the prayer support of the body of Christ. The hand cannot say to the foot, I have no need of thee. God didn't set it up for you to be the Lone Ranger. Even the Lone Ranger had to have a tanto. He had to be supported by a horse. If Tonto and the horse had left him, where would he be? You know what I mean? Batman had to have a Robin. You know what I mean? Dusty Rhodes had to have somebody in the corner. Do you get the point now? <sighs> yes, you need the prayer support of the body of Christ. You will not make it as an island. So, let's get over our foolish insistence of the greatness of self. Even through, even through continual reliance on our God, even though continual reliance on our God seems hard to our own nature, grace makes it to become easy and brings with it joy. Remember the scripture said that the early saints had so much joy, even though they were robbed of their material things and their lifestyle. They had to go hang out in caves, but these people had joy. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. They were being beat down and pressed and killed, but they had joy. So, worn out with trying to do it your way? Well, let's go to Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11 beginning with verse 28. Matthew chapter 11, beginning with verse 28. Come unto me. That means you can't sit over in your little pity party corner by yourself licking your wounds. You're going to have to bust the moon. He said, Come unto me. He didn't say go to your whining place so you can cry in the dark by yourself. He didn't say that. 
he said, come unto me. All ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You've been struggling and you can't get anywhere. You've been trying as hard as you know how to try, and you still haven't gotten there. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, not the one you've been walking around with, my yoke. That means you're going to have to take the one you got off. Got it? Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. That's the end of you doing it your way. Because when you learn of him, you have to ditch your way. For I am meek. We covered that on Friday. And lowly in heart. And ye shall find rest unto your souls. You see, meek people can be taught. They don't have this shield up there called, I think I know it all. I can do this myself. I know how to handle this. They don't use those shields. Why? Because they know they don't work. I got this in the bag. That shield doesn't work either. It's got too many holes in it. Well, I can just call my sister and she'll bail me out of this. Uh, That shield doesn't work either. You know, there have been some people that figure they could bail out of their problems by tapping into their family's financial resources, only to discover that those finances aren't going to be available to them till either they reach an age that they have not reached or until somebody else dies before them. Ain't that cute? How about it? Isn't that cute? Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Or they have some other stipulation they have to meet. Oh, what a twist. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, he said. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your soul. For my yoke easy, and my burden is light. Saints, we need to take him up on this. We need to take him up on this. We need to take him up on this. Amen. Amen. We need to take him up on this. You see, he's not preaching to the choir. He's preaching to us. We need to take him up on this. Sometimes we're so proud that we think 
We don't need Jesus to come fix this for us. We can do what we've always done. We can call our colleagues and our friends, and you know who owes me a favor and all of this other stuff that we pull and do and think we can try. But if you try that and God's trying to correct you, he will shut every door in your face. I guarantee it. You're going to learn to lean and depend on Jesus whether you want to or not. You're going to learn, L-E-A-R-N, to lean and depend on Jesus whether you really want to or not because Christians must learn this. No, there is no social promotion in this. You will go through the grades and the class and the tests and the exams and pass or you fail, and then you get to go through it all over again. Mm-hmm. No, God does not grade on the curve. Amen? You know, you used to go do little things and help your teacher and hope you fall in your teacher's good graces, and they let you off the hook, that's not going to work here. All those stunts you pulled back then won't work now. Amen? So don't go there. Just skip that whole part and go straight on your knees, on your face before the Lord. That's the place to be. Amen? And if by chance, You are holding a grudge against anybody. You need to bury your face in repentance and forgive them from your heart. If you have deliberately, and you know if you have or not, done something to hurt those who love you, you know you need to get that straightened up, don't you? Pastor doesn't have to tell you that. You know you need to go straighten that up. You can't present to God just any old kind of way. And you know that already. So let's let's do what we know to be right. See, you can't come to God expecting a miracle from him and you're snarling at your at your spouse and at your kid and at the dog and the birds too. You can't be acting all nasty. Locked away from everybody And they won't ask you a question They can't ask you a question Because you with God Excuse me As much as within you lies Live at peace with all men See you can't expect The power of God to come rest on your life When you're starting strife With the one you're supposed to be Connected to for life And you keep contention and strife going continually. You blame your partner, your spouse, things that are actually your fault, and you know they're your fault. Well, that's not going to work. It'll cause your blessings to come to a screeching halt. 
You can't go gossiping about the people down the street and think God's going to pretend he didn't hear that. Hmm? And many other such things you have done. I think we need to get our act cleaned up, saints. You know, you can't blame everything on the demons because everything isn't the demons. There's quite a bit of stuff that's just us. Amen? Mm -hmm. And God's trying to get us to do just that, to deal with the us in the mess. Amen? Amen. See, God loves us. He came to church to help us today. See? Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we want to thank you for this word today. You are our shepherd and we shall not want. For you have supplied all of our needs according to your riches and glory, and we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. So we cast all of our cares upon you because you care for us. We thank you that you have seen to it that by your stripes we have been healed. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, from our position seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, we bind Satan, the strong man, all of his evil angels, evil spirits, demonic agents, all of his decisions, timings, maneuvers, tactics, devices, plans, orders, all of his underlings. And we cancel all demonic assignments and satanic agendas against the righteous. We take the territory from Satan in Jesus' name. We bind every form of godliness which denies the power of Jesus Christ. We come into agreement with the Father, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit, and we come out of agreement with Satan, his agents, and his wicked power. We close and seal all portals, channels, open doors of access to the enemy. We pull down all demonic thrones. We bind the wicked principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, and all spiritual wickedness in high places. And when we bind them again in Jesus' name, we release the all-consuming fire of God on every ley line, silver cord, and garland. We bind the demons and workers of darkness in the heavenlies, in the bush, and in the deep. We bind rape and murder to its strong men and dethrone them all, shading them all in eternal chains and darkness, placing them in the custody of the Holy Spirit. We bind the sources of all witchcraft attacks, and we return the attacks onto the heads of the devils that bring them to cling to them for eternity. We bind all trafficking demons. Reporters, watchers, peeps, whisperers, familiar, electronic, digital technology demons and all of their attacks. We bind force feedback, cyber stalking, cyber sex, cyber sex crimes, pornography, demonic curiosity, bewitching spirits, which manipulate modern technology, pulse microwave and radiation attacks designed to cause neurological problems, brain injuries, debilitating headaches, vertigo, binding directed energy microwave weapons, binding all vibrations which are demons. Binding electromagnetic attacks, smart technology attacks, techno-paganism, and mind control by the occult. We bind you, Satan. We bind Leviathan and all of his attacks. 
all brainwashing Kundalini psychic spirits and their attacks. We bind all water and marine spirits and their attacks, sex devils and their attacks, unclean spirits and their attacks, passive devils and their attacks, pain-afflicting spirits, sleep deprivation, artificial intelligence, smart dust and drone spirits, sorcery devils and their attacks, seducing, woman, womanizing, whoredom spirits and their attacks, all the voices of the stranger, the charmer, and the seducer and their attacks. All hypnotic trance devils in their attacks. All mystic rituals in their intent. We overturn and empty all cauldrons and chalices upon the head of the conjurers and the magicians. We bind the Havana syndrome, brain changes, injuries, all remote viewing, all sonic and audio weapons in the name of Jesus Christ. All targeted radio frequency pulse weapons in their attacks. Microwave attacks, debilitating sonic frequency attacks, the work of every druid, binding all 5G and components and those that weaponry systems. Even the manipulation of the weather as a weapon against us. We bind anything being sent as a weapon against us from what we call outer space, off of any orbit, off of any star, any satellite, any planet, any station on any planet, and not only from the satellites, but through the cell towers and our own electronic devices. We bind you in the name of Jesus and the smart meters on our houses. We bind you in the name of Jesus Christ. We overturn and empty. We bind all mystic rituals and their intent. We overturn and empty all cauldrons and chalices upon the heads of the conjurers and the magicians. We bind every order of magic and mystic arts. We bind Buddhist, black magic, Santeria, Kabbalah, Egyptian, Chaldean, Hindu, Indian, African, European, North American, South American, Worldwide, Risha, underneath the ocean, bound in Jesus' name. Underneath the ocean, bound in Jesus' name. In the second heaven, bound in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. We want to thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. We bind every group, every cult, every coven of witches, every coven of witches and warlocks or wizards or sorcerers or diviners, even pagans, every cult, every antichrist group, even every coven of every group that it comes under the heading of Illuminati. We bind it all. We bind the power brokers, as they are called, in Jesus' name. 
all power belongs to God. And we strip you of your power and we transfer it to him in the name of Jesus. We bind every order of magic and mystic arts. We bind Caribbean and Latin American black and white magic. We bind all Morgellons attacks and we return every attack to the senders. We bind the culture of corruption worldwide. We bind all free-flying devils. We bind all evil spirits which take animal forms, all shape-shifting spirits trapping them into their shifted form for eternity. We bind each demon responsible for the dominion of sin in our culture. We bind impulsivity, inattention, racing mind, hyperactivity, low levels of dopamine. We bind the prince of the power of the air, and we return his powers to Jesus Christ. We bind the power of the dog and every abomination that's been committed. We bind the Lord of the flies and his agents, and we place them under the feet of the Lord Jesus. We bind the Mandela effect and all satanic ritual abuse devils, satanic worship, and rituals done on the phases of the moon. We bind all witchcraft dedication in Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We place them under the feet of the Lord Jesus. We bind all formations of bullflies and demonic insects. We bind all spiders in their webs, trapping them in their own webs. We bind the transference of evil spirits, spirits of infirmity, supplanting the gods of the people of the land, the gods of the grove, and every spirit that exalts science, logic, human reasoning, and demonic knowledge against the knowledge of God and makes man wise in his own eyes. We want to thank you, Lord, that we have beavers once again. We bind the transference of evil spirits. We bind mammon and his agents. We bind all demons sent forth to intimidate, harass, manipulate, lie against, mock, wear down, infect, destroy, spy, sabotage, monitor, track, besmirch, block, track, confuse, pervert, stifle, curse, expose, stop, defile, corrupt, undermine, despise, assassinate, divide, confound, attack, reproach, and reduce the effectiveness of the righteous in Christ Jesus. We bind the shedding of injected persons upon us. We return and loose these attacks to the senders according to the covenant. We bind the bondage of generations of fools and the spirit of the fool in Jesus' name. We bind the carnal mind. We bind the fool's anger in Jesus' name. We bind food, lust, addictions, and gluttony. We bind false flags. We return to sender according to the covenant. All and every reprisal, retribution, counterattack, psychic weapon, retaliation, all avenging, all blowbacks, all vengeance, all blood rituals, every boomerang, each payback, and all requiring of our righteous warfare in Jesus' name. This includes every evil work, mark, right, ritual, ceremony, sacrifice, proclamation, pronouncement, vow, root work, or sin against us, astral projection, sending demons to us to work against us and against all that pertains to us. No demon, no wicked person, or unrighteous event left behind. Binding the inordinate use of conjugal rights. Returning to sender all witchcraft attacks through channeling the satellites and against the website and the app. Binding all abortions used as a magical ritual. Binding all abortions as a magical ritual. Binding all Cameroonian wizardry, black magic, jujus, hexes, vexes, and such. In the name of Jesus, binding all tribal witchcraft 
returning to sender, buying all Chaldean witchcraft, returning to sender, binding all Bruharia in the name of Jesus, returning to sender, breaking and destroying our social, emotional, and psychological ties with food, drink, and drink which are displeasing to Jesus Christ, binding superficial religious acts, binding magic spells for love, money, protection, black magic, white magic, candle magic, hoodoo, root work, lucky charms, high magic, and folk magic spells, binding the demons of energy, boomeranging their wicked works upon them, binding all magical language, magic signs, magical patterns, even in numbering, binding synchronicity, binding synchrony, yes, binding and caging Poseidon and all other underwater demons and stripping them of their crowns and powers and returning them to Jesus Christ, binding all conjurations and summonings of demons, binding Jewish black magic mysticism, magic writings, magic artifacts, binding the essence of magic and Jewish magic by practitioners, amulets, bowls, precious stones, incantations, divining practices, magic spells, and potions. Binding all vampire spirits, voodoo, hoodoo, ancient arts, mystic rituals, devils attending the New World Order, New Age Movement, Great Reset, make-believe, fantasy, fables, enchantments, la-la land, false religions, numerology, horoscopes, the spirits and works of the oppressors and the spirit and the children of disobedience, martial arts, yoga, transcendental meditation, antichrist, ideologies and doctrines, Ahab and Jezebelic spirits and practices, lewdness, perversion, the outworking of vain deceit, death spirits, spirits of destruction, chaos, and mayhem, oppression, depression, anarchy, premonition, clairvoyance, ESP, telepathy, psychokinesis, out-of-body experiences, reincarnation, haunting, poltergeist, astral travel, psychic healing, demonic meditation, spirit guides, and defilement by wizards. We bind you in the name of Jesus Christ. We bind the king of pride and all of his manifestations in the name of Jesus Christ and all of his agents. We place you into the spiritual cage and send you to the feet of Jesus for judgment. We bind all human, demonic, blood, sexual, financial, animal, food, fecal, and soulish sacrifices in Jesus' name. We bind all the sacrifices of the queen of the coast in Jesus' name. We bind all devils attached to idols and idolatry. We bind every form of rebellion, idolatry, root work, mind control, apathy, unyielding, nature worship, deception, idle mind, unfocused mind, scoffing, error, worldly indoctrination, military spirits, rioting, abuse, all trolls, all fear, combative jealousy, fleshly ambition, the culture of corruption, weariness, betrayal, unfaithfulness, violence, and temptation to sin. We bind you in the name of Jesus. We bind Belial, Beelzebub, Baal, Molech, Basilek, Python, Neptune, Zeus, Apollyon, Kali, all gods and goddesses, Osiris, Isis, On, all false deities, Mammon, Atlas, Baphomet, and his 72. We chain you with eternal chains under darkness, and we send you into the spiritual cage to the feet of Jesus for judgment. We undo the work of all demonic weapons, fireballs, poisons, voodoo pins and dolls, hot and cold spots, psychic weapons, prompters, codes, triggers, charms, tumors, designs, signals, and we return their afflictions to the worker of witchcraft and their pagan sources. 
We break the powers of every Masonic ritual, rite, ceremony, vow, pledge, and pact in the name of Jesus. We bind the rituals, the brotherhood, the lodge, the craft, the worship, the grips, Freemasonry, the rituals of every secret society, and all of the associated organizations in the name of Jesus Christ. We want to thank you, Lord, for freedom. We bind every spirit that was familiar to the Laodiceans. We bind the insanity, pride, work of errors, and foolishness of our own opinions. We bind being misled and misleading others. We return and loose all the retaliations of the enemy upon his own head according to the scriptures. We bind all traditions and customs rooted in sin. We denounce and renounce them all and loose ourselves from them. We bind the gang stalkers and send their fear, harassment, and witchcraft back on their own heads as well as their mind control in Jesus' name. We bind the spirit of slumber. We thank you, Father, that you have given us power over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means harm us. We rejoice with you that our names are written in heaven. We bind every spirit that denies the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ and his blood atonement on the cross of Calvary. Father, we ask for eyes to see, ears to hear, hearts to believe, and minds to receive what the Spirit of God says to the church. We repent of an evil heart of unbelief, and we ask you, Father, to teach us to guard our hearts with all diligence. Lord, we come to loose the bands of wickedness, undo heavy burdens, let the oppressed go free, to break every yoke and chain, and to call for justice and plead for truth. Lord, develop in us a love for truth. Lead us into truth. Your word is truth. Make us to know the truth, and your truth will make us free. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. Lord, we come to celebrate the scriptures with you and to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. We will not turn back from pursuing the enemy until the Godhead does. The Lord Jesus Christ is our commander-in-chief in whom we serve and obey. Father, we thank you for your blessed redemption. Yes, we thank you. We pray for the peace of Jerusalem and Palestine and the whole world. And we pray for kings and all who are in authority and all true Christians, especially those that have been persecuted or left behind in Afghanistan or some other place in the January 6th prison. Though we walk in the midst of trouble, you will revive us. You will stretch forth your hand against the wrath of our enemies, and your right hand shall save us. We take authority, dominion, and power over all spirits coming through our telephones, through the computer, all the demons in the computer lines and in the phone lines, and in the electricity in our phones. We bind you. We chain you with eternal chains under darkness. We cage you, and we send you into the spiritual cage and to the feet of Jesus for judgment. Father, we cover ourselves with the blood of Jesus. We cover our mode of transportation with the blood of Jesus. We take authority, dominion, and power over every interference that is possible so that it does not affect us in the name of Jesus. We thank you that you have already dispatched your angels ahead of us to protect us. We cover ourselves and our property with the blood of Jesus. We take authority over demons of the night, nightmares, sex dreams, bad dreams, anything or anything or anyone trying to get in our dreams. We command them to stay away. We thank you for your warring angels protecting us as we sleep and while we are awake, and we thank you 
for the wall of fire that surrounds us with your glory in the midst. We pull down their false shields of protection. We pull down and destroy their walls of protection. And we lift up the shield of faith that is able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked in Jesus' name. We pull out all fiery darts, pins, needles, spears, voodoo, witchcraft, everything being sent to us by the enemy. Worms, worms, demonic worms, demonic insects, demonic animals, bound in Jesus' holy name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. We destroy ungodly silver cords and ley lines and sever from ourselves, ungodly soul ties, attachments, covenants, agreements, oaths, consents, garlands, vows, pledges, pacts, leagues, and all other forms of agreement with the demonic realm. Father, we surrender to you all agreements with the demonic realm that we have made and not realize that that's what we were doing in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. We break down and destroy walls of protection around shamans, globalists, nanotechnology, Satanists, wizards, warlocks, witches, sorcerers, diviners, pagans, and all liars. We break the power of their charms, love spells, vexes, hexes, curses, fetishes, psychic thoughts and prayers, spells, charms, Witchcraft, death spirits, potions, psychic power, psychic warfare, torment, sickness, pain, and destruction, incense and candle burning, chanting, incantations, ungodly blessings, root work, crystals, hoodoo, and tribal rituals and sin. We send it back where we came from. Now, Father, some of us live in communities where the witches get together to do warfare against us. We thank you that you are our shield. We thank you that you are our shield. Thank you, Lord. We give you praise. We lift you up. We lift Jesus higher. We lift Jesus higher. We send back spirits of murder, bitterness, hate, envy, jealousy, wizardry, sorcery, Lying devils, spirits of bondage, blindness, fear. We thank you, Lord, that we can hear your voice and you've strengthened us to obey you. We thank you and we give you praise, Lord. We thank you. We ask, Lord, that you save all such that should be saved and we give you praise, glory, and honor. We release over the saints of God the blessings of Abraham and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen, amen. Amen. God, you're so good. You are so good to your people. You know when we're about to fall in a hole and you come get us before we go in. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Rise for the benediction, church. Rise for the benediction. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the richness of your word. And when we come to meditate on it, Lord, it goes deeper, deeper, deeper in us still. Who is this? Hold on. I can't give the benediction yet. 
there's somebody that has strife going on in their home, and you're part of the reason that it keeps going. You keep the contention going, and the Lord says to stop it. Amen. Amen. And now for the benediction. But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. And the church said, Amen. Amen. Pastor loves you. And if you're the one keeping the contention going, now is the time to repent. We stand in agreement with your true repentance in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. See you on Wednesday. Come home.